Our minds on the right track when it comes to renewable energy solutions. Which energy options are best suited for mining operations? Will mines ever operate 100% renewable energy? Hi, I am Vuisa Mfobo and welcome to Deep Insights. This week, Senior Editor Gerard Peter speak to Nick Wostazen of energy efficiency consulting firm Inframid about effectively implementing renewable energy options in a mining operation. Let's join the discussion. Hello, Nick, and welcome to Deep Insights. Let's get straight into the conversation. When it comes to renewable energy, are mining companies on the right track? Um, that, that's a bit of a, an open question, though. <laughs> um, I, I would want to say that mining companies are on the right track. I think um, as as we've shared with each other some time ago, uh, yes, the I think more so the larger companies um, and a person would, I think there's a lot of scope for them to actually um, get more into renewable energy generation. Right. Nick, you touched on our, our previous conversation for Mining Review Africa. And at that point, you said that uh, it is easier for mines to find a feasible renewable en energy solution. Why, why is this so? The, the basic answer to that is because of their, um, their base load that they have. They have a very uh, generous base load uh, normally. It also depends what type of mining you're looking at, of course. Uh, but, but normally the mines do have uh, a load that they can do good predictions on um, for energy generation, for renewable energy generation especially. Now, Nick, um, there's no doubt that COVID-19 has had an impact on, on mine production. So if you had to look at it now, do you believe that mining companies are still committed to, to reducing their energy needs and introducing greener energy options? Um, Gerard, I would rather <laughs> want them to answer that. Okay. Um, I, I would want to believe that, especially those that are in, in the financial position to do that, that they would be committed to, to that because it is a, a very feasible option. Um, so I'm sure um, a person could perhaps rather ask, um, would they be committed if they see the feasibility of this? And, and yes, then I would want to say then, um, it, it, uh, I think mines uh, or the mining sector for that matter uh, is in a very good position to, to be committed uh, if they put their minds to that. Nick, in your opinion, are mining companies using traditional and a mix of renewable, renewable energy sources effectively? Um, yes, I, I wouldn't want to answer on their behalf, um, but I think there's a lot of scope, uh, especially with, you know, all the different kinds of uh, renewable energies that are being targeted at the moment. Um, but uh, I, I would want to have a word of caution on that. You know, you, you have so-called renewable energy generations that, um, that actually rely on other energies to get it manufactured so just be careful with with that and um i, I would say 
it uh, at the moment we we are basically looking at wind and and solar which is possibly the the most renewable type of energies that are being generated at the moment um, but i've just had a discussion with uh, a chemical engineer and there, there was a, a word of caution in terms of hydrogen um, you know it seems very great and so on but if you look at what's necessary to to actually generate the, the or, or, or pr produce the hydrogen uh, it could cause a problem right so Nick are, are you are, are you saying that um, some of these renewable energy solutions not, might not be viable for a mining operation per se I, I wouldn't want to preempt that but I would what I would want to say is that it's very important to do a good feasibility study before you make up your mind of, of what you're going to spend your money on. Okay, Nick, can you delve a little bit into the feasibility study? Obviously, this is the first uh, step before implementing implementing a, a green energy solution. Can can you just give us some advice as to how to go about ensuring that you know you start with the feasibility study and that you get it right? Right. Let's let's have a look at the the basics. Uh, that drives the whole process, and that might put it into context. Um, I, I would say there are at least five considerations that you need to do uh, before you finally decide on, on what you're going to spend your money on. The, the first thing that you need to know, because that is what you're trying to save, is you need to know your load. If you, if you don't know what you are actually using energy for, uh, there's no sense in trying to save energy hmm. or, or it's, it becomes very difficult to, to actually save energy. Uh, so first thing, know your load. The, the other thing is, what are you trying to save on after you now uh, assume that you know exactly what your load is about, you know what you need where, etc. Um, you, you are trying to save on and feasible is if you can save on uh, utility connections. So uh, you need to understand your utility connection. You need to understand um, what you are paying and how you are paying for electricity uh, from the outset. And then after that, your um, once you now know what your, your load is all about and you understand your utility connection, you can start uh, considering various cost-saving options. And, um, and two of those areas within which you can start looking at uh, utilizing energy uh, effectively would be any areas where you need backup. Yeah. Um, and, and considering your backup options, and obviously in those areas where you need seamless transfer options. So once, once you have those five uh, considerations covered, you can start looking at, okay, now this is where we can start Im implementing, for instance, uh, uh, renewable energy as well. And, and once you have all these the, these different areas of energy usage well defined, you can start looking at how to uh, cover each of those uh, most effectively. We will continue our discussion after this short message.
It will never be the same. The new normal is business unusual. At Mining Review Africa, we want to partner with you to ensure that your brand is still visible in these unprecedented times. That's why we're offering you a bouquet of digital marketing choices to ensure that your company is still top of mind with your clients. This includes podcasts, partner profiles, videos, and webinars. Want to know more? Click on the Engage tab on miningreview.com today to find out how we can give you more bang for your digital buck. Welcome back to our discussion today. Nick, can you give us more detail about these five considerations? Yes, we can have a look at those in a bit in slight more detail. I'm not going to give you a few hours lecture on this, sure. um, but maybe um, later on I can provide you with a website where people can can um, delve into it sure. slightly more. Um, the, the first consideration that we spoke about was knowing your load. Now, I, I think that is like with any investment you're doing, if, if you don't know what you are trying to utilize to create that investment, there, there's no sense in, in uh, deciding what to invest. Um, so if you are looking at um, the, the um, knowing your load, the first thing you, you need to be very sure of is understand the load content that you have. And we, we normally try and divide this into three different uh, areas of which the first one is understanding your essential loads. In other words, any, any load that needs to remain operational at all times. And, uh, but you, you can still have say a, a minute or two break, but you need to put it back into operation very quickly to, to be able to, to operate. The, uh, the second area would be critical loads. And those are the kind of loads that uh, where you need a seamless transfer, such as computing systems, et cetera, where you'd, if, if you lose it for a few seconds, you're gonna lose information. Um, so you need to understand your, your critical loads. And then the non-essential loads, um, are all those that can do without uh, energy for a while. Now, the, the second uh, aspect that we need to have a closer look at is the efficiency of your different load elements. Now, very simply put, uh, things such as lighting, you know, are you still working with old incandescent lights? Um, of which the latest, there are so many options that you have these days where you can actually save energy just by changing your load to a more efficient type of, of load, um, such as LED um, lighting systems, etc. And then you also need to understand how the architecture of your load is, is actually um, in, in, a, a, employed. Um, the reason for that is if you say you have a, a section of your load that contains either an essential load, a critical load, or, or, or non-essential parts of, of the load, then you need to know how these are connected so that you can know, okay, would it be possible to say divide a load into those three, three contents? 
Um, so it's very important to to know exactly how your how all these uh, load contents are actually uh, wired and uh, the, so that you can see how possible it is to serve those different um, con uh, load contents with different power supplies. And then the, the other aspect is uh, the uh, demand of your load content elements, such as you, you need to know, okay, in uh, uh, the, uh, my lighting, in that area, what what is the 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 load of the lighting, the the load, the demand of that load in that area, and so all the different loads that you are looking at within your architecture, you need to know the different demands, and that then puts you in a position to to start deciding what um, energy elements or energy uh, generation elements you can apply to those different loads, because you you basically looking at at your essential loads where you would need backup, certain, you know, for instance, diesel generators and so on. You, you have your critical loads where you might need UPSs mm -hmm. to serve those loads. So you need to understand your whole architect, architecture so that you can actually apply these different sources of energy um, in the most cost-effective manner. And then, Lastly, but um, also very important is you need to understand your typical profile of especially your, your daytime loads. If you, if you are uh, planning to consider solar um, or if, if it would be wind generation, then obviously you can spread it over a, a total 24 hours. Uh, but um, so it's very important that eventually you do you, you, you um, obtain sufficient data from your, your load profile so that you can actually see how is it actually running during a day? Can we serve this with renewable energy or can't we? And, and how profitable will it be if we do serve it with uh, renewable energy? So it's, you, you can see it's, uh, it, it can be quite a cumbersome process, but without that, I cannot see how you can actually decide um, uh, to, to try and save money on applying different sources of energy. Um, and because uh, what happens a lot is that people just uh, put as much as possible uh, or much, as much as, yes, uh, uh, renewable energy as they possibly can fit to whatever facilities they have and if you don't know what it's going to serve, then how will you understand and how can you plan the, the feasibility of that? That's it. <laughs> it's an interesting, interesting point that you raised there. Nick, you mentioned that if our listeners wanted more information, that there is a website that they could go to. Can you give us the website address, please? Yes, I can. It's uh, inframid or www.inframid infra mike india delta nick in a recent interview with mining review africa you said that a mine's energy liabilities can also be transformed into assets can you explain what you mean by that yes that, that's in essence what you're trying to do in in other words an energy liability 
or a good example of an energy liability would be the baseload of any organizer or any any mine or whatever uh, um, uh, facility it is. So if you have a, and, and especially with mines where, where they have good base loads, um, that, that is a liability on which they have a continuous uh, payment they need to make for, for energy that they are using. And um, if you know, for instance, that, that a large part of that runs through your daytime, then that creates a, a, an absolute opportunity for, for um, uh, renewable energy uh, or in terms of solar energy uh, applied to that baseload during the daytime. And you can actually predict exactly what you're going to get. If you have, and that's coming back to the initial um, uh, consideration we looked at is if, if you know exactly how that load of yours is, is, is profiling during the days, um, you, you can very accurately start uh, uh, applying uh, renewable energy to save on that. And that, that actually then transforms that liability of baseload, which you have for that baseload, in, into a profit. If, if you, but you need to be careful and make sure you do your feasibilities correctly before you do that. Right. Nick, I want to touch on the cost of these renewable energy solutions. Um, do you think, uh, given the cost factor, that it is within reach of particularly uh, the smaller mining companies, or will it be the major mining companies that will drive uh, the push towards renewable energy? I would want to answer that very generally and, and want to say that um, if, if you do your feasibility checks correctly and you know exactly what your load is you're looking at and you know, um, you, know you understand your, your, uh, the, the saving that you could uh, implement on your utility that you're using to, to serve that load. Um, you, you don't need to be a, a big organization to derive profits from that. Um, the, these things work from uh, fairly large homes or even smaller homes um, to schools, to whatever industry you're looking at, anywhere where you are actually using electricity you, and, and you do your feasibility correctly, you can transform your, your uh, liability into a profit. And I suppose, Nick, one final question, and this is probably the million dollar question as well, is do you think that mines will ever be able to run on 100% renewable energy? I don't think we are there yet. Uh, I, I might have many people that uh, would object <laughs> against <laughs> my... Uh, my remark. Um, I think we still have some way to go with uh, storage uh, because it's, uh, although we have ways of providing storage, it is still very expensive and it's very difficult to, to um, devise a feasible uh, storage um, system. Uh, you know, especially if you look at, at the kind of loads that we are looking at with, for instance, mines or, or yep. any facility for that matter. Nick Orsthausen, Managing Director of Energy Efficiency Consultancy Firm, 
Inframid. Thank you very much for joining us on Deep Insights today. Just a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Remember to like and subscribe to our podcast channel. Until next time, stay safe and goodbye.